0: Hello and welcome to the Forgotten Season Podcast. I'm your host, George Dunn. This has been a short series where we hopefully have filled some of the void left by the lack of sport. Across the series, I've been interviewing people who have worked in football and talking to them specifically about the leagues they work closely on. But today, something different. To finish the series, I'm going to talk to you about the league I work closely on, the Swiss Super League. I hope you enjoy it and thanks for listening. But before we crack on, I'd just like to say thank you for everyone who's listened to the series. And hopefully we'll be back with the season two very shortly. So I thought I'd start with just a little bit of background about me. I uh, joined Smart Odds last season in April 2019, started with the US women's team as the first team I was the analyst for and did the Women's World Cup, which I greatly enjoyed and that I spoke about on the episode with Tina. I then was given the task of taking on the Swiss League, which was a bit daunting at first. I'd never done it before. I didn't know a huge amount about the Swiss League other than seeing Basel and young boys in Europe before. It's been a great pleasure doing the Swiss League and it's been a really great season and interesting for many reasons. So I thought I'd discuss that with you today. So a little bit of background about the Swiss League. There's a 10-team league called the Super League and below them they've got a Swiss Challenge League below. Top League, they play each other twice at home and twice away. So four times in total. You've got some recognisable teams in there like Basel, Young Boys. They recognise Luzerne or St Gallen from uh, some European competitions as well. The situation at the moment is they are due to return on June 17th. There was an announcement today. Hopefully the teams will go back to training this weekend, although there has been some doubt put over it as some teams have been refusing to train until now. So hopefully we'll be back on June 17th and we'll just have to wait and find out what happens with that. So I wanted to introduce you to a few teams first and their seasons and how it's gone before I crack into what I really want to talk about today, which is St. Gallen and their season and their team and why I find them so exciting. I wanted to start with some of the more recognisable teams and what's happening with them at the moment. I want to start with Basel. They're in a bit of a transition period as a club at the moment over the last couple of years. They had an outgoing sporting director, it's sort of end of a dominant era for them where they produced some really great talents in Shakiri and Mohamed Salah obviously came from Basel as well. And they've had a little bit of a change in style. They were quite a free flowing style of football. They had a sporting director that looked to promote youth. They've now got a new one in and a different manager in Marcel Koller who plays a more sort of pragmatic style of football, likes to play quite a lot on the uh, counter-attack, defence-minded at times, especially in Europe and against young boys and against the bigger teams that they're sort of worried about losing. I think this is shown in their season because they've been very effective in Europe against teams that are better than them. They played brilliantly against Getafe in one leg and scored twice on the counter-attack. Um, and then they played quite a lot worse and really should have beaten been beaten 4-5-0 four, four, by Getafe in the next game. But because of their style of play, they managed to get a couple of successful counter-attacks and nick a game that they really shouldn't have won 2-1. Um Financially, they're not as strong as they used to be. This is demonstrated in the summer when uh, Albion Ejete was signed by West Ham. They were in a situation where they were in for Champions League qualification and they knew that if they didn't qualify, they wouldn't have the money to balance the books and so they needed to sell a couple of players. But the English transfer window was coming to a close before the rest of Europe and they needed to sell him in case they didn't make the Champions League, which is not something you would have expected them to have to do in the past. But they did. They sold him for £8 to West Ham and then they didn't qualify for the Champions League. So it was just an example of them having to sell a key player when they wouldn't want to, which demonstrates that they aren't the power that they used to be in Swiss football and in European football. They may not have always been a big power, but they don't have the same size that they used to. So I now want to move on and talk about Young Boys. They've been the best team in the last two years. They've sort of taken over from Basel. They've now got the highest tent average attendance for the last two seasons as well. They get 30,000 in that Stade to Swiss quite often. In Bern and great atmosphere, very popular club around Europe and, and in Switzerland they have a reputation for playing attractive style of football. They romped the league last year by 20 points and uh, they've got 91 points overall, but they've had a little bit of a different season this year. They've had a little bit of a transition period in terms of the playing squad, they've got the same manager, the same setup as a club, but they had the leaving captain in Steven von Bergen uh, who retired, which left a little bit of a gap, which they managed to replace with Fabian Lustenberger, but they had also lost Triple so and Kevin and Bamboo to, for about eight million to German clubs in the Bundesliga. And this has just affected them. I think it's been a change in the midfield at right back. They've had to bring in the Latombo and it's just had a little bit of effect on the style of play and the fluency that they play with. They've also had Asale go to Liganes in January, who is a key attacking player for them. And they've generally had quite a lot of injuries throughout the season. They've had at one point just before the winter break, seven of their starting players out and I think it's shown in the season that they've had. They've had a bit of an up-and-down season, and they've sometimes been hugely disappointing, but other times they've really shown their class and shown why they really have the best squad, and I don't think anyone else in the league would have been able to deal with it the way they have and still be level on points at the top. And the final team I want to talk about is Salam, mostly because they're a hugely entertaining side to follow, not because of their on-field displays, but often because of their off-field antics. They have a bonkers owner called Constantin, who has been in the headlines multiple times this season? The first one that pops to mind is when he was sat by the manager throughout the whole of the second half of the game, in constant communication, telling him what subs to put on, what not to. Quotes came out afterwards like, "I run the team. If you don't sub him now, this will be your last game in charge." And then he also was in the headlines just after the coronavirus outbreak for letting go half their players who refused to take a massive pay cut and then also following all his players, forcing them into effectively a massive pay cut. They've also got some recognisable names. Uh, Alex Song, who at 32 really should be one of the best midfielders in the Swiss League, considering his quality and what he's done before in his career just doesn't seem to show up. They've also had Valen Barami, who West Ham fans may recognise. He was there for two months before falling out with the owner. They had Johan Giroud, who joined in the winter, an ex-Arsenal player, who unfortunately has had a couple of injuries and hasn't really got many minutes. And they've also had Seru Dumbia come in, who's had a little bit of a shaky time since he's been there. There's been reports of arguments, uh, turning up late to training. But you never know with Sion because there's so many things coming out about them. And... Often, Constantine seems to put out rumours about his own players, and if he doesn't like them, he tries to get you out in any way possible. So it's an interesting club to follow, and one I recommend having a look into, because they certainly do entertain and do have a little bit of an interesting reputation. So the main part that I wanted to talk to you about today is St Gallen. And I thought they'd been a fascinating story to follow this year. And the Swiss Leicester, as I've called them, uh, So a bit of background to the club. Uh, they're the oldest club in Switzerland and continental Europe, but they haven't got the success to match their history. They last won a title in 1999-2000 when they won the Swiss Super League. And then they also won it in 1903-04. But apart from that, that's it. They were relegated in 2008. And they came back up and then were relegated again in 2011 before coming back up. They were 45 points off the top last season and nine points off the relegation playoff spot in the Swiss Super League last year. So they had a fair way to make up on the other teams in the league. Some Chelsea fans may remember them from the 2000 Europa League game in which they beat them 2-1. Those Chelsea fans will remember a very different team to the St. Gander today. They are a combative aggressive, pragmatic side, whereas today they're an exciting young side that represent a game in east of Switzerland that is growing in popularity, a club that is growing in stature, and really doing something I think quite special. They pack out stadiums every week, and if there was one team in Switzerland I'd love to go to a game for, it would be St Gallen. Financially, they are a massive minnow compared to and Young Boys, whose consistent European campaigns have drastically changed their finances but also the selling of players for Barcelona young boys has promoted quite a lot of cash from them. But St. Gallen have done it, gone about it in a different way, and that particularly excites me, as they have built a young and exciting team with a coach that likes to play an exciting style of football, and they currently sit top of the table, with some bookies having them as big as 250-1 to at the beginning of the season to win the championship. So, as I've already mentioned, their style of play. They're a fast team that are great in transition, press high and generally play a really high intensity game and that makes them really fun to watch and i think of the big games that they've had this season against basel and young boys and they've taken them on they've not been a team that have played against the big boys like they're scared they've taken them on and they've recently beat young boys 4-3 an absolute thriller getting a last-minute winner that really was special and really put them on the map as real title contenders and they weren't going away this season. As many expected after their good start, perhaps, for them to fall away and not continue that challenge throughout the season. Uh, they've got a manager who's called Peter Ziegler and I think he represents a lot of the good things about the club. Um, he was previously at Red Bull Leafering and Red Bull Salzburg and this previous coaching experience really shows through from St. Gallen. If you look at the Red Bull clubs in terms of their passes per defensive action, which is the metric which is used to uh, define pressing or high pressing in this case, and the Red Bull clubs consistently come out on top in Europe, in the top five or the top 10, depending on how you measure that metric, it depends, slightly changes for different analysts and you can see this with St. Gallen. He's got a young team who he has moulded in his own way to play a high-press, intense, good transition style of play. And I'm also really happy with him because as I mentioned the craziness of Scion And he was rather unfortunately let go by Sion with a great points per game a record of one93 and he's beaten them three times this season, I believe. He's really got a bit of his own back against them. But I want to run you through their team now and just talk about some of their players and why I find them such an exciting prospect. And why I think if they manage to hold on to certain players, why they could be successful in Switzerland for a while. So I'll start with their goalkeepers. So this season they had uh, Dejan Stojanovic was the starting goalkeeper at the beginning. And he was really impressive. They were very open at the beginning of the season. I think getting used to a new centre back pairing and a new def- uh, new defence took a little bit of time to adjust. And in some big moments, Stojanovic meant they didn't have a disastrous start to the season. but They actually the first five games they were solid enough. Although you wouldn't necessarily have taken from those first five games what they were going to do. And he had such an impressive uh, start to the season that he's ended up being sold to Middlesbrough uh, in the winter break. And they signed Lawrence Atizigi and he is a brilliant player. He has been such a big character to them yeah. since he's come in. I think maybe his level is the Swiss Super League. He's not a player that you're expecting to kick on, like maybe Stjanovic was. But the thing about Atizigi is he's come in with a real sense of leadership and a real character that I think has boosted the team at a time when they needed a bit of re-energizing. They slightly faltered coming into the winter break when they could have kicked on and maybe found a bit of a lead at the top of the table. And I think since they've come back, he's just been a big part of it. And the only, the only mistake he's really made was coming off his line when he saved a penalty against young boys. So I had to have a look at, um, their defenders. They've got a, a left back in Muheim who I think is brilliant in terms of delivery. He's young. He's got a bit of work on his defending and occasionally can be a bit rash in the challenge and has given a couple of penalties away this season. But. In terms of a young defender who defines the modern fullback, I think he's a really exciting prospect. I think he's got a bit of maturing to do. It's the first season where he's really cracked into the team and you can see at points that that immaturity still shines through. But he's also had some performances that show that he's got the talent that if he can cancel out those errors, he can really become an exciting player for the future. And they've got experience right back and hefty. I won't say too much about him just because... He's consistently very good for them, but perhaps maybe not a more interesting case as he's a little bit older. I don't see him having a particularly massive future. I think he's going to stay with the club and be a, a stalwart for them. And he's been great this season. Now onto their centre-back pairing, which is where I find really interesting. They've got a 17-year-old centre-back in Sturge, Leonardo Sturge, who has been superb. You would not guess he is 17 in the slightest. He has been an absolute general and at the start of the season, you wouldn't have necessarily thought that such a young centre-back pairing, playing Letard, the other centre-back, only being 21, you wouldn't have thought that they'd have this solid centre-back pairing. But they've adapted so well to this high-pressed team where they're often left exposed. Their communication is brilliant. And I think both centre-backs will go on to do something. I can't see them staying at St. Gallen forever. I think particularly Sturgey, a quality at 17 that he's shown to be the centre-back in a team top of the table at seven, uh, 17 is just crazily impressive. And the leadership he's shown has really blown me away. And Yanis uh, Letard as well. Got a mistake him at times. Sturgey has to cover him a little bit. But athletically, uh, his leap, He's not a hugely tall man, but you wouldn't have guessed it from the way that he manages to get up in the air. And I'm hugely impressed by everything he's done this season and just the way that he's developed alongside Sturridge and the partnership they've built. And really, when one of them goes out now because of that partnership at centre-back they've built, it's a real miss. So moving on to the midfield, three stalwarts in midfield. They've had Quintia, Victor Ruiz and Lucas Gertler. Now, Quintia is the central defensive midfielder and he plays quite like a sort of quarterback role but he's also quite good at sweeping up at the back he's an all-rounder I think the thing with Quintia is you look at him he's a little bit older than some of the other players in the team he adds a bit of experience a bit of nous in that midfield and he's a beautiful ball player the thing with Quintia is that you wouldn't necessarily say he's got the physicality to go to uh, the championship or a top league and the top five but technically he's as good as a player in any of those leagues and so really you've got a player that's perfect for the Super League because technically and his reading of the game is brilliant he just maybe doesn't have the legs to play at that su- super top level and the thing with Quintia is that I love is he's a great free kick specialist and that shows from the fact he's got nine goals this season I believe seven of them were from outside the box or a penalty So he's got that set piece in him, he's got that long shot, he's got that free kick, which really is a huge help to St. Gallen when they need something special sometimes to just get over the line in games. And then you've got the other two, who are absolute engines. You've got Victor Ruiz, who technically is very good, but also very, very important for them to make up for the legs that they lack in Quintia. And the same with Lucas Gertler. They both have the legs to run that midfield, and actually. The three midfielders have probably been the best three midfielders in the league this season. Um, they had to recover from losing Vincent Sierra to young boys in the summer. But the way they've adapted and found a midfield that works best their style of play, I think has been one of the most impressive things about St. Gallen. And those three, for me, although the defenders have the potential to go on and do maybe be better players, I think those three central midfielders have been the key cogs in this St. Gallen team. And finally, their attackers. Now, their attackers are... Hugely exciting. They've got three slash four players who've been playing in the front three pretty much the entire season. You've got Babic as a left winger, Demirovic as a right winger, and Cedric Itten through the middle. Now, Cedric Itten is probably, for me, the most exciting prospects of the three. Um, Itten is tall, mobile, pressing centre-forward, who has a very good touch and is great at assisting goals. He plays a slightly as a sort of false 10 in maybe a sort of Firmino role. And he really has developed this season into showing that he's not only that, but he's got a bit of a goal scoring threat. And he showed this when he played for Switzerland for his debut this season and scored a hat trick. And he's really grown this season. And I think he's probably the hottest prospect that St. Gallen have. Demirovic really balances out that sort of unselfish play of Itten. Zemirovic is quite a selfish player in attack, great finisher, always looking for that out-to-in run, get in behind and always calm in front of goal. But in defence, he's not a selfish player. He runs all day and has the highest pressing figures of anyone in the team. He's the man, along with Itten, who you'd say really leads that press in St. Gallon and that high press. And the youth of the front three always shows because they really lead that press and that's where it all starts from. And then Babic on the left wing. I've said Babic starts because he's the player who's been starting recently. He's been the one that's been in form. They've also got Guillermo, who has played as well. And they probably split about 50-50 on who's playing. And Guillermo is great off the bench if he doesn't start. And the same with Babic. Those two have also been key. And key to when one of the other two hasn't played. that They can come straight in with a replacement that's really, really effective. And that front three have really balanced each other out very well and complemented each other's styles. And I think that understanding for three or four young players has been really impressive. I'd just like to mention also they do have Axel Bakayoko, who in pre-season was really impressive and expecting to play a big part this season. But unfortunately, has just had some severe injury problems and hasn't managed to get the minutes when he's come back. And that's a bit of a shame, but when he comes back, I'm sure he'll be fighting for those places again. And that's the team. (music) A little bit more about their season before I finish. They are top of the league with 13 games to go. And if they were to pull it off, they may not be considered to be the Swiss Leicester that I am claiming them to be. But I really do think it is a very special achievement for a side to knock off Basel or Young Boys in this league. The financial clout of those top two is just so much larger than St Gallen. And for them to be pushing it this season, and for me, looking like the class outfit of the league and let Young Boys switch it on, it's just been so impressive. So I really hope that this fantastic season for St Gallen does restart in June 17th. I hope the Swiss Super League does continue and I'm really looking forward to seeing if they can push their rivals all the way and maybe get that title. Guys, thank you so much for listening. That is the end of my talk about Swiss the Swiss Super League this week. I've loved doing the podcast over the past seven weeks or so. It's been a huge amount of fun. We're looking to come back with a season two, as I say. Hopefully that's not too far away with football looking to start up soon around Europe. We'll come back with something a little bit different, a little bit new And I really hope that you've enjoyed it. So please like, subscribe, share with your friends still. Look on our Instagram for news about when we come back for season two. Stay safe and have a great week.